it's about to go down. Ladies and gentlemen, I am super, super blessed. And I so missed being here in the show with you guys. You know, I haven't done a show for the last two weeks due to some health you know, hiccups, but the devil cannot stop your brother, Carlos. Here you try, you know the drill. The devil will whisper, you can always stand the storm, brother Carlos. The warrior reply, I am the storm, motherfucker. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. We have an amazing, amazing couple here today. My friends, you know, uh, it's like, I'm telling you, you guys are in for a treat today. My grandma, you know, a long time ago, oh man, the greatest advice that I ever heard in my entire life was from a housekeeper. My grandma, rest in peace. She was also my mother. And you know, you guys know a little bit of my story from total chaos, father dying in a car explosion when I was a baby and stepfather being murdered and uh, having to sell bread on the streets. And my grandma always say, man, before we wanted to quit, son, keep increasing your wisdom. Keep increasing your knowledge. And diga-me com quem anda, que eu te direi quem és. And tell me who you hang with, and I'll tell you who you are. And ladies and gentlemen, I got the privilege, an honor to interview an amazing couple today. Though I'm telling you, I have here today the godmother and the godfather of Bitcoin. Ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you a little bit about my guest before I bring him in. Upon graduating from New York University, he started working as a stockbroker on Wall Street from 1982 through the 1990s. At first, Payne Weber, & Company, Sherson, Lemon, Hutton, and Alex, Browns and Sons. He went into semi-retirement in the 90s, moving to Paris, France. In 95, he was asked by Alec Baldwin to move to Los Angeles and co-produce a film he had written and sold to Miramax. While in LA, he was... He and Michael Burns decided the Hollywood Stock Exchange where Max invented the virtual specialist technology pet number 59501176. And later he sold to Cantor Fitzgerald. He again went into the semi-retirement in France where he met his future wife, the amazing godmother of crypto, Stacy Herbert, and they started collaborating on a film and TV projects for various international outlets, such as BBC, Al Jazeera English, Press TV, RT, and France 24. Max Kaiser and Stacy Herbert, thank you guys for speaking power, truth to power, for all that you guys have done for the BTC community, for economic justice that you guys bring to create world peace, to bring everybody together and to leading hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people out of poverty, which ties into one of my missions, which is to make poverty history. Ladies and gentlemen, let me bring you to the house. Mr. Mr. and Miss, what's up, ladies? <laughs> what's Sing up, it, Carlos? Sing it. Yeah. Oh, Carlos, Carlos. I mean, Carlos, I want to drink actually one of the uh, uh, one of you guys' favorite songs, uh, not this one yet, this one right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <some samba. laughs> I love this song. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> what's up, guys? Carlos, that is like the most amazing introduction I've ever received. Yeah, I'm excited as hell. I kind of felt like we were being introduced at a Lucha Libre sort of, uh, and we were going to be coming out as luchadores. Yeah, we should come out and wrestle now. We should wrestle, do a whole wrestling match, Max and Stacy as wrestlers. That could be very entertaining. Oh, no, man. I, you know, it's all about, I have this thing with me, guys. You know, whenever you do something, you do as if it was your last. You know what I mean? Like if we, if I don't wake up tomorrow, I've been through some healthy hiccups lately, and but thank God I'm getting better. And I always have this thing with me, even before that, always right to bring it all you got, be real, be raw, and that's what attracted me to you guys. My grandma, oh, oh constantly, you know, you just implanted that on me when I was poor, broken, have nothing. She always increase your knowledge, son, increase your wisdom, put yourself around others. They are doing great things for the world. They really keep it real, keep it raw. And you guys are a true example. And it's an honor to have you guys on the show, guys, because people out there, they needed to hear this message. And I'll make sure to translate into a few languages as I travel the world into the villages and teach the little kids. And I'm just 
I want to thank you guys for all that you guys do for the crypto community, for Bitcoin. And before we even get into it, you know, let's start with who is, you know, Max Kaiser and Stacy Herbert? You know, who are you guys? Where do you guys are come from? And why should they care for all the amazing things that you guys have done, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, man, where do we even start? You know, my background was in Hollywood. I worked in Hollywood for uh, Michael Phillips, the film producer who made Taxi Driver Close Encounters and this thing. And I ended up in the south of France on vacation from uh, I was working on a job at the BBC and I, I took a vacation and I met Max, who was uh, retired there from uh, from, you know, selling the Hollywood Stock Exchange. And we immediately, it was like instant, we hit it off. We uh, were natural storytellers. He had a story that was really fascinating to me. I found it uh, completely fascinating as somebody who worked on scripts. That was kind of my role in Hollywood. And um, so when he was telling me about life on Wall Street as a, as a banker, it was so fascinating to me because it was... Um, like it was right there in the pages of the Financial Times, but yet a story that wasn't known to the vast majority of the population. So it was uh, really intriguing to me. Mm. Yep, that's how we met. As a matter of fact, it was 18 years ago, coming up tomorrow, February 13th is when we met, and we've been together ever since. And we started working on uh, these uh, projects right away, uh, radio and uh, video, TV projects, and uh, we just um, have gone with the stories. You know, we ended up traveling all over the world, kind of following different stories. So we would, we've been to Asia, Middle East, all over Europe, Latin America, really just following stories, interesting stories, and telling and reporting on the stories. Uh, we, we heard about Bitcoin in 2011. Uh, a guest on one, on our show told us about it, and I, I immediately recognized its potential, uh, having been involved with a similar project earlier. And uh, so that's how we got involved with Bitcoin so early back in 2011 when it was still just a dollar. Uh, and then we've been talking about Bitcoin, you know, for 10 years. Uh, up until the last six months, though, it's always been considered on the fringe of the uh, fringe story, uh, I would say. But then when last year we had uh, Paul Tudor Jones, who's a famous hedge fund manager, got involved. And then Michael Saylor, who is, uh, got really heavy into it, his company in MicroStrategy. And now Elon Musk over at Tesla. They're on the front, front page of the Financial Times this weekend. So now it's, be it's become mainstream. Um, so it's, we're entering into a different period. But for 10 years, particularly the first five or six, seven years, it was, um, you know, it was very, very off the off the grid. But uh, it, it was uh, obvious. I, I, we saw the potential very early. Uh, we, we were very big in following gold uh, for years. And uh, when Bitcoin came around, we, we saw it as really the, the successor to gold, the, the new thing that would replace gold. And that story is now, I think, pretty well established. And um, so we're still going. I mean, now we're having, starting now for the next 10 years, is going to be the the easy, it's going to be easy for people, you know, to get involved with Bitcoin and to participate in this next big move uh, that we're now going to be experiencing, you know, starting in 2021. We're, we're off and running on a, a huge move. Yes, man, this is amazing. It's incredible. You know, uh, and congratulations again, guys, on your anniversary. This show. I even have found a photo of you here that I think you guys will like. Uh, you guys yeah. in the beach. I love the water. So it's an awesome photo of the two of you. And uh, a big shout as well. I mean, you guys have an amazing podcast. You know, Stace, I bet you like this one here. <laughs> the I love that. Podcast. I enjoy. I love a heck man. Everybody here to also check it out, guys. Their podcast, the Orange Peel Podcast, everywhere on YouTube. And I will go into more and talk about that. And, you know, it's phenomenal because, you know, Bitcoin, you know, I don't know if people, a lot of people like sometimes they're skeptical, right? And I can imagine the amount of skepticism you guys encountered 2011 when they're, it's early infancy. 
And if people can just realize that the Bitcoin is one of the best, you know, sort of value ever. It's like we go through certain changes in history. I love history. And I always tell people, stop listening to like want to be gurus and influencers. Study philosophers. So I look up to you guys as philosophers. And you know what I mean? And I tell people to study philosophers because they really go deep and they break it down and they understand things differently. And the way how Bitcoin is going, like it only happens every thousand years. It's historical. And like I tell people all the time, you got to get in the game now because it's going to get to a time that you won't be able to buy Bitcoin. It's like that's one thing, right? What do they say is that Bitcoin is the first thing ever that has this sort of value that in history that its supply won't affect its demand. It's 21 million. And that's it. It's like with people that once they get to understand that. In this game over, what kind of uh, um, like uh, can you imagine you guys talking to people about this at the beginning of your career? What kind of uh, um, things people threw at you guys at the beginning? What kind of um, you know obstacles did you guys face to get Bitcoin uh, you know out there to your friends and family and to the public? Yeah, well, the first you know, there's a couple of uh, questions that come up. You know, often I would say like one one question, of course, is what backs Bitcoin. That's a question you hear often. The second question you hear all the time is, what if the government bans Bitcoin? Uh, and um, so th those, those are two of the most often heard questions about Bitcoin. And th the thing about it is that Bitcoin uh, is very technologically interesting, but you have to look at it in terms of where where money was or is. Um, we had we've had gold for five thousand years, and we have we've had paper money for about three thousand years. Now, what happened in the nineteen seventies and and getting particularly strong in the nineteen eighties was really the invention, the, the technological revolution that happened, the information age. Remember, we went from the industrial age to the information age, and Microsoft and Apple went public, became public companies, and we entered a period where software ate the world, right? Everything is software. Every company is essentially a software company. We're talking right now, thanks to software, uh, car companies or software companies, you know, they're saying that, uh, General Motors is having trouble producing cars because they don't have the microchips to fit into the car because it's all software, basically. And 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 there is no industry, really, or aspect of our lives that is not impacted by software, uh, technology, et cetera, except for one holdout. There was only one thing left that software hadn't fundamentally changed. And that was money. There, money was still the same as it had been for hundreds of years, the same central bank system. Uh, and and uh, so what happened in 2009 was that software revolution finally caught up to money. And now money has become software. And it, Bitcoin is software as money. And um, but people say, well, what backs it? And, you know, the, the answer is, well, what backs any what backs the what backs the global economy what backs the global economy what backs the shipping industry what backs the logistics industry what backs you know fedex and dhl what back what what is the world made of the world is made of software it's backed by the same stuff that backs the entire global economy in the 21st century software so this is particularly unique software uh in that it fulfills um something that had been attempted for 20 years before there was there were many uh, failed attempts at trying to create a bitcoin for 20 years and then finally after many failed attempts in 2009 2009 success there was a successful implementation of digital gold and it was released on the internet and it was very slow to begin with and uh, at the same time that Bitcoin has gotten stronger and recognized, the old world of fiat paper money is coming under increasingly uh, uh, scrutinized and looked at and, and the faith in the paper money is falling away. And usually when that happens, people go to gold, but Bitcoin is superior to gold 
And now we know from, from the industry facts and figures that people are selling gold to buy Bitcoin. So the market is telling us something. The market's telling us that people prefer Bitcoin over gold. And we live in the market, you know, the market is is the the thing that determines uh, the direction of, of an economy or the re the reality of an of an economy of a free market economy that we live in. We live in a to, to a large degree. We live in a free market economy. It's not it's not completely a free market, but it's certainly more of a free market economy than than a uh, a, a socialist country. Let's say that's purely socialist. So in, in a free market economy, the market is telling us that Bitcoin is, is winning over gold and, and certainly over fiat money. And, and so that's, that's where we are. So now the, the, the tectonic plates of the global money system, there's $300 trillion of assets in, on planet Earth. If you have stocks, bonds, real estate, um, you know, fine art, diamonds jewels gold if you put it all together it's roughly 300 trillion bitcoin has about 1 trillion in value we you know i think it's, it's safe to say that it's going to capture 10 20 30 trillion dollars in value so you're talking 10 20 30x from here so you're talking about 48,000 to 480,000 and higher just going to keep going because it's going to just like software has transformed the global economy, Bitcoin will equally transform money in the same way. I love it. And I, I love how you explain. It was so you know beautiful. And I love this photo of you that you can't regulate Bitcoin. It's some fuckable money. It's such an awesome photo. And you know, and it's just to put into perspective to, to people to understand, right? Like Bitcoin is literally. Once you memorize your keys and your letters and your numbers, you know, they cannot take it from you, right? Gold, they can confiscate it. Gold, they can, they, a yeah. government can be like, you know, screw you. I'm just taking everything, you know? The Bitcoin, you know, once you memorize it, it's a code. You know what I mean? It's like even tied to the First Amendment, First Amendment if you want to call speech, you know? And, and it's like, and once you memorize it, you can go anywhere in the world. And now what are you going to do? Confiscate my brain? You can't. You know, and it's like once people just are understanding, it's so eloquent how you put it. And so that it's like, it's just math. Like I tell people, you know, imagine if somebody, you know, Elon Musk or, or Jeff Bezos or anybody, whether the people like those guys or not, if they invited you to the table at the beginning of their companies, it's early infancy, you know, would you buy a piece? Would you put in a couple of hundred, a couple of thousand dollars? That's what I, I think Bitcoin is still in its early infancy, 10 years old, like let's say 12 years, right? And, you know, it's in, I cannot see anything else that's comparable to Bitcoin. And what do you think we are going? I saw that you guys have a photo that you guys think it was on Twitter and it has this value here. One million three hundred and eleven thousand with you in the States. I love this photo in the car. What do you guys what do you think is your prediction, Max? You know, uh, Bitcoin is going uh, by the end of the 2021. Well, first of all, Bitcoin is getting harder and harder in terms of uh, money. It's already scarce, 21 million coins. And um, whereas everything else in, in quote unquote crypto is getting softer. Mm -hmm. So it's, and it has a lot of risk associated with it. And that, and it also Bitcoin is, has a voracious appetite for energy and it's gonna consume all, almost all the energy available around the world will be dedicated to Bitcoin. So that means energy will not be available for paper money. Energy will not be available for gold mining. Energy will not be available for any crypto. It's all going to go to Bitcoin because it has this built-in insatiable appetite for energy to make it harder and harder and harder. And that's just the nature of the beast. And it's programmed in and it's unstoppable, it's unconfiscatable. So for 2021, I'm, I'm predicting $220,000 per Bitcoin, uh, which would be kind of a normal reaction to every four years after they have what's called the halving. You generally have a very large rally in the, in the following year. So that would take us to that $220,000 Bitcoin price. It would also mean the coin's worth approximately $4 trillion which is about 
uh, getting close to half of the value of all the gold in the world. Uh, pretty soon, Bitcoin will be worth more than all the silver in the world. So all the silver in the world is about 1.6, 1.7 trillion dollars, and Bitcoin is just over now a trillion dollars. So when it gets uh, another big move, it's going to be more valuable than silver. Uh, so it just keeps getting up, rising up that that index, that table of what or the most valuable commodity, the most valuable assets in the world. It keeps rising and rising and rising. Uh, so 220,000 is is what I'm predicting for, for 2021, Carlos. Yes, that's amazing. And you've been on point, my brother. I got to tell you, man, you've been on point this past couple of years. Every time that you with your predictions, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. You even called it when Tesla, they were about to come to the table. That's incredible, you know. And, uh, what, and Stacey, and in your opinion, I know you guys are big fans of uh, uh, Bitcoin. In your opinion, what is your, your – I know that you guys don't talk much about other coins, but what is – other than Bitcoin – what is your favorite other coin after Bitcoin? And uh, what do you think about the altcoins and in that world? Oh, <laughs> well, I throw my orange sparkly shoe in my group, uh, Orange Pill Podcast Telegram group, if anybody talks about any coin but Bitcoin. <laughs> I think uh, for me, the most interesting thing about Bitcoin at this moment is the people, the community. Yeah. And I think it's as important as you know, the ancient Greek philosopher. So I was glad you mentioned that, you know, if you have Socrates, Plato and Aristotle hanging out, uh, you had a collective of individuals who changed the world in the Renaissance, like Da Vinci, Michelangelo, Botticelli, uh, Medici. Uh, then you had a collective of people in the enlightenment period that changed the course of history through their ideas and because they shared those ideas, just as the, the Renaissance painters and artists had shared their ideas and the Greek philosophers had shared their ideas and been a community. And I think Bitcoin is that sort of historical moment. We are the people that will be remembered in a thousand years, 2,500 years, like the philosophers of ancient Greece. And I also think it's, you know, the, the quite fascinating thing is there is a continuity of greatness amongst humans, right? This, uh, think of the Greek philosophers, think of the Renaissance, think of the Enlightenment. What they all have in common is relentless optimism that they, you know, individual humans, we together are much greater than the elite, that we have the power. And when, when I studied at UCLA and when, you know, was, um, you worked in Hollywood, the, the, the book everybody read, the small pamphlet, is uh, Aristotle's Poetics. Aristotle, thousands of years ago, figured out the three main criteria of great story. The greatest stories, according to him, were like tragedies. And he set the standard that still applies today. You're still given that book. You have to buy that book when you're at UCLA. Aristotle also is referred to all the time for those who are monetary historians as the five elements of good money. So it's, it's weird that five, you know, two over 2000 years ago, this guy, his ideas still hold to this day. And it kind of brought me and Max together in that my background was Aristotle's poetics. His was, uh, you know, sound money. And so I think this group, of Bitcoiners is just a continuity of the, the patterns of history, these cycles of history that are always going on. There's, you know, there's revolution and evolution. And we're part of that. We're, 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 we're going to be remembered in a thousand years or 2000 years. Yes. No, I love that, man. I love how you guys do it together. You know, uh, everything. I always tell my wife, when am I going to get you on the show? You know, and the, she does not like to talk about those things. And the other day we had a serious conversation about, look, if I die, you need to know what a wallet is and how to access it and all those things. So it's now or never. You know, I wasn't feeling too good. I was having some movements in my heart, you know, in my chest. I got to explain you this shit. You know, I had to blow. I have this thing. Whenever people come with me with problems, you know, I've done mentorship for many, many years to like big CEOs and whenever they'll come up with problems at me I would like do I have to call a Viva Negra 
They call my mother the Black Widow. You know, my father died in a car explosion. My stepfather was murdered. So and then I would tell them, I'll get my, my yellow card and I will blow it. I will go, wait a minute. So now, do not make me call my mama. Tell me about your problem again. And then I would tell them to, you know, tell me about their problem because it's a perspective. And I love that you talk about the little guys in the community because I love that. One of my favorite speeches is to talk about transcendence, which is above oneself. Is when the community comes together. It's no longer about Stacy, Max, or Carlos. None of us watching here. It's about all of us becoming one, separating ourselves, taking all emotions from this, from the any outcomes, going into something with our full heart, full like as a group. Nobody's left behind, and from that place we can do so much. We can do so much. People say that money is the root of all evil. No, the right money is going to be the solution to make poverty history, and that is a Bitcoin. That is community like that. You guys have started it. You know, like the Orange Peel community, like your Telegram groups, like many other communities out there. They are now watching and they are seeing this thing grow and it's becoming that team. And I love that. And it's just it's incredible. And to see what is what is going on with this industry. And here's something that I see that you tweeted the other day, Max, that I wanted to actually ask you about this, which actually tied to the little guys, because I love when I see the little guys going after the big guys. And over here, you, 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 you tweeted saying that interest rate. You know, I don't even know how to spell this thing. Which is yeah, rates have come down for 30 years, except for credit cards. Borrowing to buy stocks margin pay two percent. Borrowing to buy food on credit card pay 18 percent. Losing money on stocks get bailed out, and default on credit card become homeless. See, this really spoke to me because you know I come from poverty, man. You know, I grew up in the hood, and I, I used to sell bread, and a lot of my friends they die. And you know, I was thinking about this, and, and it's just total bullshit, man. The system is just total flawed. You know, I mean, you, you did an incredible video <laughs> that you spoke on the stage talking about everything is a, a fraud and the financial terrorists, what you call them. Uh, and, and I love that video. Maybe I even play over here for, the, for everybody to see what I'm talking about. But yeah. Matt, I mean, I mean, what is your take on, on the system? I mean, do you think that they're gonna embrace it? I mean, do, do you still have hope? For the system, you think that I'm, I'm, I'm praying that governments just come together and say, OK, let's put all our reserves into Bitcoin and end the chaos. Let's just making sure no more kids die out of hunger, that we have, you know, better schools and better, you know, hospitals and that and everybody's medical needs are, are in place. I mean, what is your take on that, Max? Do you, do you mm -hmm. think we have hope? Do you think we'd ever come together? The problem with fiat money is that it's backed by violence and it's backed by hate and bitcoin is backed by peace and let me dig into that a little bit let's just talk about the business of war for example it's a very profitable business if you're pushing war if you sell the weapons and um if you are getting huge uh government subsidies um you can make a lot of money in the war business and the problem with fiat money is that once you start a war uh you you never end it if you can just print more money so uh back in 1971 america uh, was spent too much money on the vietnam war they had a default on their obligations to great britain and they cut shut the gold window and they kept that war going for years and years, even though the generals we now know from historical record, all the generals said it was an unwinnable war. They said that from the first year. And yet they killed 50, 57, 58,000 Americans knowing that there was an unwinnable war because it was easy to fund because you just print the money, especially since you closed that gold window. So now let's look at Bitcoin for a second. The thing about Bitcoin is you can't print it and it's unconfiscatable. As you say, you know, once you have your seed phrase memorized, you cannot steal, you cannot confiscate my Bitcoin. It's unconfiscatable. The only way you can get my Bitcoin is if you offer me something in, to trade for it. And you've got to do that with some humility. You've got to do that uh, asking me nicely, uh, you know, 
would you would I like to buy this piece of art in exchange for Bitcoin? I may or may not do that deal, but you can't you can't coerce me into uh, my Bitcoin, and you can't you can't um, um, you know um, confiscate it in any way. So what happens is war gets demonetized. War, it, the, the incentive for war diminishes because it's, 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 it's less profitable, right? Um, and peace and love are monetized. You know, the love that we feel which is usually not given any value in the economy whatsoever. You know, the, the economy generally runs on instant gratification, violence, and uh, drug addiction in one form or another. Addiction is pretty much drives the economy. It could be drug addiction, food addiction. Uh, pornography addiction is pretty rampant now because it's so easy to access, especially by minors. So they have uh, that's that's a kind of a new addiction that's plaguing society in a lot of ways. So this is all uh, enabled by incentivizing the worst possible behavior that we have as humans. And our best behavior, it has been um, snuffed out. You could say the institutions that we've had in the past, like ed higher education used to promote a liberal education, uh, uh, an education, uh, but now the cost of education is beyond the reach of most people. They have to go deep, deep into debt, right? So education is beyond, is beyond the reach. Uh, health, well, it's too expensive now. Most people are not healthy because they can't afford it anymore because there's no, there's no incentive to promote good health. There's no incentive to promote educated people. There's no incentive to promote people affording housing. So, so this is uh, where we are as a society. And it's all because paper money is easy to print. And so if you're um, somebody who doesn't mind ripping other people off or you don't mind killing people, uh, sending them to war, uh, you can print all the money you want all day long and there's no accountability. There's nothing to stop you. There's no laws against it. So Bitcoin is the complete opposite. It's finite. It's um, unconfiscatable. It's immutable. So now what we see in our community, for example, there's a huge population of artists who are creating for and about the Bitcoin community in exchange for Bitcoin. because These are people that um, want to get more Bitcoin. And so they're they're doing something that they can do, which is has a low barrier to entry, and that is pick up a paintbrush and paint, right? That's typically arts are driven because it's cheap to do art. I don't need to build a factory and build microchips. I can just pick up a pencil. Yeah. Uh, and that, and so now within that group of artists, we have uh, an emergence of an aesthetic. That aesthetic respects the Bitcoin protocol, the Bitcoin philosophy. So like the Renaissance, Stacy has always been talking about Renaissance 2.0. It revolved around a certain aesthetic that was in Florence and around the, the bank in Florence. And so there were certain um, earmarks, you could say, or certain conventions or certain um, aesthetic uh, ideals uh, that were, that permeated that period. You can tell the work of art from that period because it was, uh, adhering to certain idyllic qualities that were considered to be of the finest aesthetic vision. So now with Bitcoin, because it is such a strong protocol and it has a built-in philosophy and there is a built-in aesthetic to it, the, the engineering itself is gorgeous. It's like the Sistine Chapel of software. If you, when you dive into the software, you're, you're, you, you literally are amazed by the beauty of it, like a beautiful sunset or watching the moon and the, and the stars the, the, the technology itself is aesthetically gorgeous. If you have any any soul at all, you you will be moved by its beauty. And so that brings with it a different mindset. Now, what what's great about that mindset is that it scales. It can scale to a billion. It can scale to five billion. It can scale to the entire population of planet Earth because the software can scale. 
and it's unconfiscatable and nobody can fuck with this money. It's unfuckable money. So now we're going to find out. This is the first time in human history. We're going to find out whether or not humans deserve to be here. We've been here now, humans, for roughly 200,000 years. And right now, it's not really clear whether we deserve to be here or not. Because look what we've done to our home planet. It's a pigsty. It's a shithole. Let's be honest. And if I were the creator and I looked down on this, I would be like, I'll give you one last chance. If you don't get this Bitcoin thing, which I've sent to you as a gift, then you're done. You're out of here. You're gone. So we're, we're really flirting with extinction uh, by not embracing Bitcoin. But I think, I think that we will, I think so many people are now understanding it, that the transformation is beginning. The epiphany is happening. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just, you know, humble servants in the service of Bitcoin. Yes. No, I love, I love, uh, oh, you know, what you're saying and how amazing how you put it, you know, because, you know, it's, uh, and it's not that hard. Like I tell people, you know, it's not that hard to get involved. Like, I mean, all, all, all you need is just like go from a regular, your bank account to a, a Bitcoin bank account. And there are many institutions out there like Coinbase, Gemini, BlockFi. I mean, I do affiliates for many of these companies and I tell people, you can do the same. I tell the little kids, you can do the same exact thing. You can go out there and you can sign up, get your affiliate link and go share to go tell somebody instead of you keeping your money in a bank account or, or putting your money in stocks that all this even if it goes up the, the 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 rule of law is still there is depreciating which you talked about that subject so much 15 percent a year for the last god knows how long so your dollar your highs your pesos your yen your euros it's depreciating oh, yeah, bless you my brother it's Thank depreciating you. You, my brother for so long and people, once you understand this, that your dollar is depreciating 15% a year. So it costs more money, right? Your fiat, if you're going to, it's so volatile if you, to buy a property, to pay for college. It's so volatile to pay for goods and services. But for us, Bitcoiners, it costs less to buy property. It costs less to pay for college. It costs less to buy a car. And once you understand that, ladies and gentlemen, game over. And most important, I bet you Max doesn't sell his Bitcoin or Stacy. They hold on to those babies. That's why she told me I throw, you know, shoes on people that ask me about the shit coins, you know, and because once you guys understand at home how powerful this is, it's game over because now you don't have to sell your Bitcoin. You know how the billionaires, they make their money? They borrow against their goods and services. So instead of you sell your Bitcoin, you borrow against your Bitcoin. And guess what? Now you don't have to pay capital gains. Not a legal advice, not a financial advice. Do your own diligence. But you buy Bitcoin, never sell it. If you ever need it, borrow against your Bitcoin. <laughs> and that's how the rich gets richer. But, you know, us preaching those things, you know, we're going against the algorithm, my brother. You know, it's like they don't want us teaching people those things. They don't want to telling people that, hey, leave your Bank of America and your Wells Fargo and blah, 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 your local union. And instead of you go there, go put your money here on a crypto bank. That's all you need. And go earn the five, six, seven percent interest on those banks. You well, know, that's, that's, a good, that's a good point to make is that. um you know, most ordinary people work for dollars or pesos or real or some currency, a fiat currency, um, which is a depreciating, it, it melts. It's a melting ice cube in your bank account. The wealthy accumulate assets. So Bitcoin is a money that's an asset and it, it increases in value. As you pointed out, you know, the more demand there is for it, the supply cannot increase. So yes, it becomes collateral. It's the ultimate collateral Bitcoin. So if you're working and, you know, converting whether or not your job pays you in Bitcoin, if it pays you in fiat, if you convert it immediately to Bitcoin, you know, you then that's your road to wealth because you're now starting to accumulate assets. And that is the number one thing that's, you know, everybody talks about the wealth and income gap and they focus mostly on the cable news on the income gap, which isn't all that huge compared to the wealth gap. And the wealth gap is enormous because the, the wealthy have all the assets, 
against which they're always borrowing and accumulating more. Max talks about that all the time on Kai's report, that they're always borrowing against their assets at 0% and then buying more of the assets. And so they're accumulating wealth. But if you have, if, if, if the ordinary person, if you're buying, you know, even $10 a week worth of Bitcoin and accumulating that an asset over years, you know, you end up with a lot of collateral. Yes, it's so true. And I love that you say that you use the word $10 because, guys, watch what I'm about to do here right now. You know, anybody can do what I'm doing here, right? You can start interviewing people. and They don't have to be famous people. You can start interviewing everyday people. People love real and rawness. 30 years ago, I was a little kid that sold bread on the streets of Brazil. They have a dream to make poverty history with no money, nobody. And I said one day, I made a promise to my friends on the streets, and we say, whoever leaves the hood, we are going to make an impact. We are going to make a difference. We are going to come back. We are going to study more than anybody else on the way to success. We are going to outdo every single person. That is no such thing as second places. We are going to make a difference. And I always told myself I was going to leave the hood and I will go to places like LA and New York and London and Sydney, Australia and Toronto, Canada. And I will mentor, you know, presidents and athletes and celebrities. And I will speak life into them when nobody else spoke it to let them know that it's not about the money. It's not about the power is about you know it's like what are you doing at the end of the day you know what i mean it's guys we're not gonna take nothing with us guys if you guys think about it, home you don't take money you know you don't want money you don't want a bitcoin what you want is the things that those things provide and sometimes we forget about those things and but when you have a dream when you have a powerful mission you just go after and you start doing it and you start telling yourself when nobody's there to watch it when you wanted to quit when you wanted to give up and eventually you start being a reporter like of Bitcoin, understand the trends is your friend and you interview great people like you guys and you and you work your way up. You know, I never dreamed, imagine interviewing you guys. And then I had, you know, my boy, Scotty, that plays for Pink Floyd was here a couple of weeks ago. My boy that plays for the movie, you know, Karate Kid. And I spoke at the Oscars and I roll up on a bicycle with the sombrero. I did, come on, if I, 30 years ago, people were like, you're stupid kid. You're never gonna do that. Like, okay, keep telling me it's gonna go through here and come through here. And eventually, how hard it is to do those things. And then you can put a little words going down over here on the screen. I can put over here, get $10 for free in Bitcoin just by setting up your Coinbase crypto banking account. Go to this website, Carlos Coinbase. You get $10. I get $10. How hard it is to do this? I'm only using one simple example here. I could have done a bunch of other affiliates if I wanted here. I could, but it's about adding value to those companies. Think about it. All these companies are trending. Coinbase, Gemini, BlockFi, so many companies out there, right? Companies that are doing businesses with Bitcoin, you know, calling people like Stacey and, 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 and Max. Hey, what can I do to be of a value to you guys? Like, I want to get your guys' message out there. I have a small following, you know, not as big as you guys, but it's a decent following. You know, I mean, a few, probably 50, 70,000 people across all social media. But that's how you start. There wasn't there. It was only me. You know, I remember when I spoke on, on hotels before it was me. First time it was two people, my mom and the guy that cleans the hotel. But you don't quit. You believe in yourself. And it's speaking of that, of not quitting, Stacy. I want to ask you that question. And then I want to go to Max with another question here. If somebody, Stacy, uh, that you mentor came to you and say, what 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 was the mindset that made Stacy so successful in being able to move from the before Bitcoin into this uh, Bitcoin uh, era that we went in? What have made you so successful? Said, what is that mindset that made you who you are? If you're going to be mentoring somebody younger than you that came to you asking you that question, because I love what you are doing, and so many more women and little girls out there. In many parts of the world, they're not allowed to, to learn about money and, and economics and all those things. And I pray that more and more little girls, you know, they, they get into this game. What would you say to that little girl listening to us right now? Well, God, there's like a, a load of answers. Uh, always being curious and open to other people because they lead you to all sorts of stories, right? In, in terms of us and our content. As you're as you're describing there, our, our content creation led us to Bitcoin directly. And that was because uh, first we started making some content for Al Jazeera. That was fun. And it was a unique uh, financial documentaries. But then we made a, a TV series for uh, the BBC. And they were really like they wanted us to have orthodox, you know, economists like Joseph Stiglitz and 
people. And I just like, for me personally, just bored the tears out of me. Right. I was like, oh my God, like the guy's on the BBC all the time. He's on CNBC. He's on Bloomberg. He's on all the time. Like what else do we need to hear? So I, we were always naturally interested in booking guests who were like ran freaky blogs and had freaky <laughs> ideas and presenting them to the world because like they had an interesting spin. They were like wearing sombreros and shouting at the camera like a luche, luchadore. And, you know, it, that, that's the sort of guest like that intrigued us. So we were interested in them. And that led us to the, the ultimate freaks at that time, which were the Bitcoiners who were the hackers, the geeks, the coders. And it, it led us to this uh, insane world that they were building. And, you know, back in those early days before everybody in the world knew about it, and it's now on the news all the time and on the front page of the FT and stuff like that. But back then it was just like this weird secret underground freak club that you just like, oh my God, you should see these people over there. So I, I think it was just like that natural lo loving hearing these stories, like your story, just like talking about this, like, I don't know, your, your dad was blown up and your, your, your stepfather was killed and all these things. So you're like, wow, like people have these stories from all over the world that are just like amazing and they survive and they get through it and they get to the next step and, and, you know, they build communities around the world and we're all together. And I, I think just like being open and, and curious about hearing other people's stories and I guess not as much telling your own, just like wanting to hear people's stories led us directly to Bitcoin. Yes. No, I love that, man. I always say, man, God gave us two ears and one mouth, you know, and, and it's so true. And somebody right now watching us, it may be difficult for you, but let me tell you something, my friend. God may put a Goliath in your life right now. It's to awaken the David within you. Come on, Brother Carlos. Come on. Say it again, David. Say it again, Brother Carlos. Somebody drop an amen right now on this show. God will put a Goliath in your life to awaken <laughs> the David with you. Come on. Don't get me preaching over here because we're going to get mixed, fired up. We're going to bring this one in the chicken. Oh. <laughs> screaming. I know it. I can tell it. I sense it. You want I'm telling you, man, we need more Maxes and Stasis out there. I know we are, it's almost done. We're almost done in time here. You guys tell me when you guys have to go. We'll keep it going here for a few more minutes. And, and, and Brother Max, you know, one thing that, man, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll save that question for last. But Max, in a, I know, I know that I'm pushing. In addition to Bitcoin, what else? Do you love to, you know, to invest in? Do you invest in any other things other than Bitcoin that you, that you have your focus on right now? Because you are a visionary. Because you've been predicting, man, when everybody else, they screw this shit up. You've been on point every time. Like, I'm a, I always joke with my clients overseas because they're like, you know, whether it's 24 hours ahead of time or 10 hours, I tell them, hey, what is the price of Bitcoin tomorrow so I can go long? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm sorry, calling you, brother. You know, yes, I mean, sir. what else do you have your focus on, my friend? You know, if you didn't mind me asking, you know, is there anything else that you have your focus on that you are investing, that you are devoting your time towards to? Well, you know, I, I was a stockbroker uh, for many years. That was really my career. So I've always followed the stock market. You know, and I'm always interested in the stock market and I have some stocks that I am investing in. And uh, what we're what we're seeing now is uh, some stocks uh, on the market that are tied to Bitcoin. So MicroStrategy stock is up 400 percent, 500 percent, 600 percent because of their Bitcoin play. Uh, you know, Tesla now has a Bitcoin component. There are other companies that are tied to Bitcoin that are participating now in, in Bitcoin. And um, so that, that, that's an interesting part of it, but um, there's nothing else that has the same really risk reward of Bitcoin. You know, the risk of Bitcoin at this point is very low and the upside is still spectacularly high. So yeah. it's very, it's very uh, unusual to find uh, in, investments that have that kind of characteristic. The volatility that people talk about in Bitcoin is um, really uh, should be embraced because um, you have to ask yourself uh, the following question. Uh, are you willing to accept some volatility 
with a guaranteed upside move. And that is Bitcoin. Yeah. And I used and I and, and it's rare that anybody in the investment world would use a word like guarantee. Yeah. But in this case, I feel it's justified. You're you're you've got a guaranteed upward move. Okay. The cho the other choice is fiat money where it's not volatile and you're guaranteed to lose purchasing power. Yeah. Again, guaranteed. There's there is no equivocation that there's not a scintilla of doubt in that statement. Your fiat money is guaranteed to lose purchasing power and, you know, the history of fiat money tells us that they most of them go to zero. Yeah. Or or lose 99% of their purchasing power. So you, so what what would you are you willing to accept a little volatility for a guaranteed winner? Right? I mean it's like um you know Michael Jordan was a spectacular athlete, you know, um uh, but would you tell Michael Jordan uh don't run so fast, don't jump so high, don't take so many shots. We want you to score less. We we want you to be calmer. Don't be so uh, don't don't score so many points, Michael, because the, the people in the audience are nervous to see somebody running and scoring. It's it's getting them upset. So can you calm down? No, you would never do that. So when you see Bitcoin and it's moving up against all major currencies, it's moving up against silver. It's going to be more valuable than gold. Who cares if it's a little volatility here and there? Look, zoom out. You, you take a zoom out and all you see is this upward slope that is uninterrupted yes right so if you're worried about the volatility um then um you don't understand bitcoin number one number two you don't you're you're destined to be in a horrible situation by hoarding paper money even somebody like warren buffett for example is considered to be a smart investor you know compared to bitcoin he's a shit investor for real. <laughs> right? I mean, look, compared to every other investor out there, they're all doing horribly against Bitcoin. Now they're scrambling like Ray Dalio. He's the biggest hedge fund manager in the world. He's still thinking about Bitcoin. He was down last year 18%. And that's just normal day-to-day -day activities just being a knucklehead. And that's for real, right? For real. He spends all of his time writing these big books. But he, he should be spending time doing his job managing money. But he did not. So he lost a lot of money. Now he's coming to Bitcoin like, well, maybe I should get into it. You know, he's tiptoeing into it. People like Paul Tudor Jones, who's a very talented money manager, who, you know, is not like Ray Dalio, who's a mediocre money manager. He's actually a very talented money manager. He comes to Bitcoin early and he understands it. He can communicate it. He talks about it. it's a gift to humanity. It's a gift. Uh, it's it's a positivity thing. You know, it's a, he's very positive about it. Right. So that that's where this whole market's moving. That's where this whole industry is going. So nothing, nothing offers the same risk reward as Bitcoin, you know, on the side, on the edges. You know, there may be some tinkering here and there just for fun, yeah. but there's nothing that is going to. Uh, yeah, I actually will say there is one investment that is better than all of those, and that is invest in yourself mm. and the the. Um, all your the the hum, all humans are endowed with inalienable rights and in, in, invest in those so the, the, what i'm saying is that we're in these fiat dark ages and what do uh, as it disintegrates as we emerge from those fiat dark ages into an orange pilled world one thing you're seeing and the united states obviously is the um, empire right and they're the center of that fiat world which is a fiat dark ages they um, they're time thieves so they've they've been they're stealing more and more from you all the time. Your time, they're stealing your time constantly um, through their inflation, through their money printing, through their bailing out of the banks. Uh, Bitcoin is obviously a way out of that, even if it's uh, five dollars. Like just one satoshi even gets you orange pilled. It gets you in the room, like with the twenty thousand people in our orange pill podcast Telegram group. It puts you in there, and that provides you with the freedom of assembly, the freedom of, of, of expression the, the, to be 
one with all of this community. We have 20,000 people in there. We have people from uh, Mexico, from Argentina, from Peru, from Cuba, loads of people from Cuba in there who our uh, governments try to tell us we're enemies with these people. They're allowed now to use the internet. So they're joining our telegram group. We have people from Australia, Japan, Korea, all across Europe. So all of these people were all together. We are, that provides an anti-fragility because, you know, only your, you know, my president here and our, you know, Department of Justice can crush, try to crush me, but they can't crush all of us. Like we're all, um, we're a community that is so anti-fragile because it's so distributed across the globe. And I think that's really important because that's something that everybody can invest in, right? Like, it doesn't matter how much money you have, like, but if, you, if they can't take your, your thoughts, your, your, your freedom, your, your belief in your freedom and your, in your value, then, uh, you know, basically they can go stuff it because they have nothing. They could just, they could take their fiat, dirty piles of fiat and, and, and leave us alone. Yes, it's so true. It's like, it's so true. And it's actually, for the Orange Peel, the best place for them to go, in your opinion, is uh, YouTube, Orange Peel Podcast, or a we specific have, website? We have two, two, two locations. They could go to youtube.com forward slash Orange Pill, or they could go to telegram t.me forward slash Orange Pill. So Perfect. it's super easy to find. Super easy. And I, and I love it how you guys made that community for free and accessible to the whole world. You know, in my previous life, I trained many people to do masterminds and sell memberships and all those things. So you guys have an amazing group, 20,000 people. It's for free. The knowledge that you guys drop in there is mind-blowing. So I highly recommend and encouraging you know, I would, I would pay to be like, I love, they give us so much. The members of the group give us so much. It's just like, uh, mm. you know, I, the first thing I do every single morning, okay. I drink some coffee and then I, uh, I, I look at the orange pillow podcast telegram group because there's always so many, uh, really fascinating information. There's uh, amazing art. There is like hysteric, like really funny stuff. Like I'm always laughing. Like, it's the best place. I tell you, go, go join the group and you'll, you'll Man. be a part. You're like, you, you'll become so wealthy in laughs, in knowledge and in a community. And it's all free guys. You know what I mean? Those two, they are doing incredible. And I have a, a group that I, I, I mentor someone that mentored thousands of artists. I'm going to tell her about this as well, because a lot of the artists, they lost their job in LA because of the movies and everything. So there's a lot of people that's unemployed in that industry. As you know, you still live in Los Angeles. So it's a, a phenomenal. And here I, I will end. I know you're almost at the dot at six o'clock and I wish this time wouldn't end. We're having such a great time here. So many, so much love over here and comments coming in from around the world. I'm looking at here people from Philippines, South America, oh, wow. Mexico, Brazil. It's like we have so many people here watching us now and it's just incredible. And, you know, I really hope that guys, you guys really listen to this and go back and really understand to the things that Max and Stacy and I'm talking about here for you guys, because once you understand it right now, if you, if you care, let's say you, you have your, your parents, all they have is $100,000 to their name. Make sure they put the, move their money away from a bank into a crypto bank and go get seven, eight, nine, 10% interest for the rest of their life. And then, you know, because that 100,000, what if you can get $10,000 a year? In some states in this country, 10,000 a year, you know, you can actually rent a room and you can pay for your bills and you don't have to die. You don't have to pass necessities. It's about, you know, even if you have to become a minimalist, and something that I care so much for ending poverty, but I've been thinking so much about also the elderly because they don't have much and because of some people are now living to 80, 90, 100 years old. So I really start encouraging having conversations with your grandparents and your mom and your dad and ask questions, you know, reach out, join those groups, you know, follow us on social media, ask questions, messages. You know, we are involved. We have our communities. We have our groups and we are out there not charging people. This is a free show. The way how you can repay us, watch Orange Peel podcast. Watch my show. Tag three people here right now to watch this and tell them, watch this interview, and go watch the Orange Peel podcast. Go join the Telegram groups. That's how we, because if we all come together, now we can get the message out to the masses and help even more people. And that way, we will make poverty history. And here's a question that I would like to end with, my friend, Max, and I want to ask you this question. It's your eulogy. You're still a young man, and it's 50 years from now. And uh, I'm there. 
We are listening to ACDC, and I'm smoking a cigar. I not, I haven't been drinking much lately. I went 100 days with no alcohol, so I might, I'll might i have some whiskey for you, my brother. And they're going to be reading your eulogy, my friend. And they're going to say, Max Kaiser was dot, dot, dot. Who was Max Kaiser, Max? Max Kaiser was a guy who figured out that if the devil calls, don't pick up. <laughs> oh my don't god. Pick it up. I love it. Now, if the devil calls, don't pick up. It'll say right there the devil's calling. Don't pick up. <laughs> I love it. What about you, Sister Stacy? Who was Sister Stacy Herbert? Who was Sister Stacy Herbert? Wow. She 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 shook some people on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she threw a lot of orange sparkly shoes. Yeah, where's her shoe? Yeah, look. Oh yeah, what are the shoes? The swan. I love the shoe. Sparkly shoe. This this we throw at people if they talk about shit coins in our group because <laughs> shit coins are, are are just another time theft. Shit we, coins, you know. Yeah. I think it's uh. Hey, we got Guillermo right here. Here's our buddy Guillermo. Oh look at that Guillermo! He got the sombrero. What's yeah. up, hermano? Como estas, Guillermo? <laughs> yeah, we got we got Guillermo in Mexico Mexico City. <laughs> He doesn't say a lot, but he's got a great spirit. He plays a great guitar. That is awesome. It looks amazing there. Yeah, oh, real, man. I know it looks really great. You know what we need to do, Max? Once no, they open it first, plucky. Oh, is look at that, the chicken. Oh, the yeah. World's we're, most we're bringing out all the, the, the best. world's most famous economist, plucky. <laughs> he uh, he was uh, he uh, he was at Harvard for a couple of years. He taught Ben Bernanke. Uh, and now he's uh, he just likes to lounge around. And, what what's up, Plucky? What? No, no, we don't have time to talk to you, Plucky. Go away. <laughs> Here's the money gun. Uh -oh, here Max is whipping out all the the greats of. The I, I love I love watching you two having fun doing your dances and <laughs> the money gun. That's the how the the economy runs. That's it. You have a problem? Just shoot the money gun. Oh, yeah. we got a problem down here. We can't afford all these all these programs. No problem. Get the money gun. The money gun. Nine ninety nine. Print all the money you want. No accountability. No laws. No rules. Got the money gun. Just print the money. Oh, my friend. Wow, man. It's such an honor to have you guys here, uh, Max and Stacy. You know, what I mean, I'm looking forward. You know, uh, doing this again with you guys. You know, on your prediction, two hundred and twenty one thousand. You know, in a couple of months, you know, for us to do this again. And uh, and uh, hopefully soon they will open the gates of hell and allow people to come together. You know what? I, one of my dreams, Max, is to bring all the apostles slash Avengers together, people like us, in a stadium and bring in anybody that's like poor, that's facing a hardship into a stadium. And we all go there. Man, and we... I, I tell you, it's all about the Lucha Libre. I, I think, you know, you want us in the stadium wrestling with our masks I'm on. I'm telling you, I, I see that. It's, I literally see that us in a stadium with 50, 80,000 people, whether it's in Rio or somewhere around the world. And we're going to be speaking live to people. And we're going to bring the best of the best in the industry. And we're just going to speak live to people. We're going to help them make some money as they are attending, you know, the event. Let's go, let's go to Nigeria. Let's do it for real. Nigeria needs help big time with all the bullshit going on. Trust Let's me. Do it. Let's do it. We need it. We, I'm telling you guys. I'm yeah. Nigeria. Nigeria doesn't need help. They've got Bitcoin. It's like the second biggest penetration in the world of Bitcoin. These. Uh, oh no, I was talking about the bullshit going over there. You know that even you guys save us. We need to get saved. Let us pray for them. Yes. The government of Nigeria, for they are about to be obliterated by Bitcoin. <laughs> Let us pray for the governments of Europe, for they are about to be obliterated by Bitcoin. Let us pray for the government in the United States, for they are about to be obliterated by Bitcoin. Brothers and sisters, let us pray for those trapped in fiat hell, for they have not found Bitcoin and transcended to the world of the living. Mm -hmm. Let us pray for transcendence. Let mm -hmm. us pray for Satoshi. Mm -hmm. Let us pray for those less able to see oh, yeah. the light because they are blind from fiat money. Yeah. Let us come together and pray. 
pray. Let us pray. Speak it. <laughs> Preach, my brother. And after that, we're going to end the show with the song. I love it. We are preaching at the Carlos Cicada show with the legendaries, the godmother and the godfather, Max Kaiser and Stacy Herbert. You check it out, check them on the Orange Deal podcast. And if this was my last day, ladies and gentlemen, you know the drill. Life is about the mission, never the commission. In the days, in the days that break you are the days that make you boom, boom, boom. Thank you so much, guys. Have a blessed day, everyone.